big brand estate agency versus small brand estate agency. Today, I'm joined by Simon Ledbetter, who used to be head of marketing for Countrywide, Knight Frank, Global, Fine and Country, and now is a consultant to many estate agents in marketing. Um, Simon, big brand estate agency versus small brand estate agency. Talk to me. <laughs> Are there any big brand estate agencies? That's one of the challenges the industry has. The largest brand in the UK was that Purple Bricks in terms of brand, about 2.6, 2.7% market share. Yeah. Go to any other sector, big brand means 25% market share, 20% market share. Well, you've got your Connells, which are about yeah. 9 or 10%, but they have multiple brands. Multiple brands. And that, as far as the consumer is concerned, Connells and its various subsidiaries and the fact it owns Countrywide, which is why I used to work with 63, 64 brands, it's so fantastically fragmented. None of those brands have got a critical mass in the view of the customer. But I think from a, a big brand perspective, the, the big challenge that we have is while there's all these small brands, what you can see when you look at local data or specific demographic niches, so like the high end, there are big brands. So I did a whole concentration in the market. I was trying to understand the state agency of how it worked and why it had the dynamics that it did. So while nationally, no brand really punches above that 3 4% market share, even if it's height, it's pomp. Purple Bricks was 4 or 5%, I think, and you know, never quite broke through to that critical mass of having 10, 12, 13% would define it as a big brand. So the challenge is that every brand, as I say, is small. But in reality, when you look at local markets or niche markets, you often find um, that you get bigger brands. So you get that magical figure, like in a local, I, I talked at 10, mm. I talked at 10 localities where I've lived in my entire life. And the top two brands in all 10 of them have 30% market share. You look at the niche that is the prime, so the high end estate agents, the top two brands have about 30% each. Now they have the critical mass that drives them forward in terms of people attention them seeing experts. It's not necessarily about big brand or little brand, it's about being a targeted brand. If you know your target market, whether that be a locality or be that a demographic niche, say the high end, if you become known as the absolute expert in that field, either that be a geography or that being a demography, your brand will grow. What I saw from my time at Finer Country is local independents punch absolutely above their weight rather than any of the corporate brands or any of the big brands. It's the locally owned independent. What Finer Country has done and some of the other brands is where they fall down is when you get into some of the niches where the demographic more than the geography matters more. So most houses are average, because that's why they're average. So the local expert is the right person to, person to deal with, because they'll be an expert on most properties in the area. If you move out of that geography into a demographic niche of the high-end property, where it's not really competing with other local houses, it's competing with a much larger geographic spread of high-end houses, you want the expert in high-end properties. So that's why four or five brands dominate the high end. The um, upper quartile. The upper quartile. The Savills, <coughs> Unite Franks of this Hamptons, world. John D. Wood, Fine and Country. There's a list of them, Strutton Parker, you know. And they've really established their foothold in the high end. So when you've got a house above a certain level, an upper quartile house, you will go to that brand and you'll probably bring in the local expert. But what the high end estate agent is able to show you is 
all the other high-end properties that they deal with. So houses like mine. Um, what Finding Country's done, and there are other brands like it, is they gave them that national high-end brand. So you could be a local independent, therefore fantastically strong as the local independent, but by taking on this national high-end prime quartile brand, you were able to reach those properties that otherwise you sadly wouldn't get picked for, despite the fact you're probably the best estate agent in reality. So what you've combined there is the, the best estate agents are often the local independent or the niche specialist. Because, I mean, I must admit that there are some upper quartile estate agent, corporate estate agents, who just trade on their brand saying, oh, yes, they'll come to us because we're XYZ agent. I won't mention their name. I'll mention no names because <clears throat> I've worked for a few of them, so it's hard to pick one I'm talking about. But I had a conversation at a senior level with some people who ran a prime agency. Is My biggest fear was a complacency. They felt they deserved the market, which led into an element of arrogance. They felt they were owed to the market. And I had so many bits of feedback from various customers. We got the customer satisfaction scores of something in the corporates, regardless of which brand you worked for. And some of the feedback was, I'm not quite sure why that person from that brand feels okay to speak to me like that. It's like, this house isn't really good enough, but we'll take it on anyway. It's like, how would, why would you ever say that <laughs> vendor? And this could be a two, three million pound house. But you no, know, one of the classic lines I ever heard was, I normally deal with houses above 10 million pounds, but we can take this one on. And it's, I think that's corrosive for them in the long term. Do you think, I know you don't work for Finer Country anymore, but do you think that's where they potentially have an advantage is that they have the cut and thrust of an independent agent with a national big brand? So you get the best of both worlds. But they, I, I would often describe it as the best of both worlds. You know, you've got the entrepreneurial energy of someone who actually owns their own business. They're always, they've got to be the most driven because that's how they succeed is to be by being the most driven. But what they have is this calling card that people now recognise from national press advertising, national media right. advertising. And you see it in all the nice parts of the UK, the expensive parts of the UK. There's a fine and country board there. Um, what it needs to do as a brand, not my job to advise them anymore, is they need to protect that integrity of what the brand stands for. It needs to be seen as a quality seal that says only these kind of properties will be fine and country properties. And sometimes across all the high end brands, that gets compromised. And you see like a Savills board or a Knight Frank board outside a non-Knight Frank Savills house. And you're a bit... Bit yeah, of brand creep. That, that, that erodes what the brand stands for. And what those brands don't want to do is ever erode their position of that highly lucrative market. Uh, in another video, which will be on my YouTube channel, we're going to talk about the power of personal branding versus uh, the estate agent's brand. So we'll see you back on that one soon. And Simon, thank you for your time today. A pleasure.